0: Welcome, everybody, to the Robert John and the Rec podcast. We are a five-piece rock and roll band from Orange County, California, that travels the world eating local foods, drinking local drinks, and melting faces. I'm Steve.
1: I'm Henry. I'm Andrew. I'm Robert.
2: I'm Warren. <laughs> we don't have your game face on. We <laughs> said we were starting. <laughs> and Henry, I even Henry waited. It took a
0: little
1: bit too long. Yeah.
0: It's a silent pause. You can fucking edit it out. Every Jeez. pause is silent. It's not like a loud pause. Rests are music too. Oh, now we gotta.
2: Now we gotta cut
0: when out. When am I ever second?
3: When am I ever second? We'll just cut out the rest of you too while we're there.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is episode eighty two. Welcome everybody. It is good to see you in the comments and to see your guys' faces up on screen again.
3: Oh, I have something yeah. to show you guys. I always like sporting merch that's not out yet. So. <laughs> Whoa.
5: <laughs> wow.
3: Whoa. If, you, if you'd buy that
1: t-shirt, if you're watching on Facebook right now, um, if you're listening, we're sorry, but we can't show you. But if you're watching right now on Facebook and you'd buy that t-shirt, why don't you comment on the, on the comments and just let us know? Because there's a chance that you might be able to one day.
0: Would you get that? And for all you listeners, it is a shirt that has a very cool print on it that we will be hopefully releasing soon. It and looks like our old exciting. tour
3: shirts. We used to do these old tour shirts with like cool-looking animals on them. So that was the idea with this one.
0: Yeah.
1: And we say old tour shirts because we haven't been on tour in a while. So everything (laughs) tour related is now old.
3: 2017 and 2018. When's the first year we went to Europe?
0: 2015. The first year was
1: 2015.
0: So we did it for 20. Yeah. We're old. Was that one of our 2015 designs that we started that with? I think it might've been. I think so. So now we used it for 2016 and 2017. Yeah.
3: And then we had the Buffalo and then we had the snake. Yeah, we used to do a lot of animal shirts.
0: We like
1: animals. <laughs> we like animals. We're we're all, you know, animals inside.
0: We are all gotta animals. collect them all. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Yeah, they're like Pokemon. <laughs> po- pokey shirts. That's funny. <laughs> but they're soft
1: and comfortable. They're not pokey.
3: They
1: are. We have we have a uh, Robert John the Reg baseball cards coming out soon. There's only five though, so you have to collect them all. <laughs>
3: That would be hilarious. We could probably do that. We all have to dress in... I've wanted to do a baseball video. Like, do a video, but it's just us, like, overly seriously playing baseball with each other.
2: Down. Kind of like Nelly's batter up.
3: Yeah, everyone has one at some point. (laughs) Everyone goes through their baseball baseball phase. It just follows that rule... And uh, I'm a videographer, so there's this rule in videography these days where if you shoot anything in slow motion, it just looks cool. And especially shooting baseball in slow motion looks really cool because it's really easy to tell the story. It's the same shot you've seen a thousand times. It goes to the batter and you make the hero shot of the batter that goes underwords, and like he looks really serious, and he picks the bat up, and then you go to the pitcher, and he has to like wind up over his head or whatever in slow motion, and he like spits to the side, and then he looks at the catcher, and the catcher goes like, "No way, man, we're gonna do this," <laughs> and then you do like the signals to each other, and then someone hits a ball, and it's like. You know that took like four minutes already. That it's over. <laughs> you know, so it this takes
0: great. a lot of. Uh, just gonna be all of our yeah. music videos from now on are just slow mo baseball shots. I'm dead. That'd be. I love slow mo, man. That would be fucking amazing. And fails fails in slow mo or something. We just have had to figure
1: out who's the pitcher, who's the batter, who's the catcher, who's the outfield, and who's first base. Right.
2: Boom! You got it. I'm always the, the only one who
3: actually played baseball, too. So, what, what would it be, Henry? It's like well, the friends actually, thing. And, and then Henry was the only one to watch Friends. <laughs> we, should have, we should have Rob Boyd be
1: <laughs> – Rob Boyd should be like the third baseman or something.
3: The umpire. Rob Boyd would make a great umpire.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah he's so tall. He's going to, you not know, see
3: him. Yeah. Yep. Perfect.
0: Instead yeah. of booting people out, he just picks them up and throws them over his shoulder, takes them back. <laughs> yeah, the so
1: Henry, 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 since you're the baseball guy in this band, what uh, position are we all playing? Oh. Um, from from uh, pitcher, catcher, batter,
4: first base, catcher, and then batter, outfield. First base, outfield. Um, I think Steve should be the catcher. <laughs> <laughs> I used to play catcher. I, actually, I think Warren should be the pitcher. Hey you Um, Andrew should definitely be in the outfield. <laughs> Great. Robert should be the batter, and I should
1: be the infield. All right,
2: that's there it is, think. ladies and gentlemen. Robbie's
3: the umpire. He's going to slide into you. I also want to put like an awkward guitar in there somehow. (laughs) Like suddenly the bat just turns into a guitar or something (laughs) and then he hits the ball and then it just turns into like a guitar pedal or something like that. That Just a clone awesome. like going. As the video hours. goes on, everyone I, turns into I, like musicians and not baseball players. I can see Robert at third base. <laughs> yeah. I can see Robert playing the hot corner.
4: He looks like a. But yeah, you never explain you know, it. You, I mean, know you know me. me. I'm the hot, the, corners, the hot corner guy. The hot corner guy. Hot corner. So they call third base Those are all the, the hot corner. I mean, I, I the played a lot of is. pretty close. I played a lot of I played growing base. up. I was the second baseman in
1: my in my day, you're pretty. I close. played a lot of T-ball, and I was always in the outfield picking picking flowers.
0: So okay. they called me the singing frog when I was seen... playing little league because I would just be out in the outfield and just twirling around and throwing my glove up in the air and catching it because i was so <laughs> bored. And nobody could so really get cool that piano that far. <laughs> Yeah, and I'd just be out in the back just singing random shit. It's funny. My coach is going to is going to be
1: great. I can already tell. Oh yeah, it's a good. One. Um, There's so much direction what was I say? happening.
3: Um, it'd be funny to do it, too, like, um, just like an opening credit scene. So everyone would have a name, and as everyone just starts changing clothes or something like that, they just turn into different people.
2: That would be... We and then you always do it have now. to
3: spike the camera. So it always had to be in the middle of the action or something, and then you just, like, look directly at camera <laughs> in,
0: like, in the camera and make a face. Like a 90s TV like, like, intro like, or like, something? They, like, yeah. Like. <laughs>
3: Like oh I didn't see yeah exactly <laughs> didn't see you there it's the oh I didn't see you there <laughs>
1: and, and like underneath underneath my face it says like Sherman bottoms <laughs> <Yes. laughs> so there's a batting record of like point four five six yeah oh, man. Like, that's pretty good
4: I know 0. it's 4, great 5, 6, I have so that's a great amazing. batting average nobody has that All right batting average. <laughs> what, I know that's that's why I don't what's... play
3: baseball because I would I would ruin everyone's life with how good I am at Sean... like, hitting the ball. Sean Hopkins, we have a three quarters tea, so
0: we we love those too. We've had them for
3: forever, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, that'd be hilarious. I want to do that soon. I would like. I would like to. shout out to Sean Hopkins for the great care package
4: he sent to me today. Oh yeah! To us, by the way, I just got it in the mail. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean. Only if he shares anything, I will. Oh, I will. <laughs> we'll we'll do that Jimi Hendrix puzzle together. Ooh,
3: thank <laughs> you. Henry explicitly said you did not give us any money for drinks and that
4: <laughs> it was only for me. That's yeah.
3: Like... <laughs> he specifically you know, only me. gave us he
4: specifically a care package. Said, this is all for you, Henry. Don't give them anything.
1: You know what a, you know what a, all right. a, a very boring video would be is if we all did that Jimi Hendrix puzzle together and filmed it. And put it out on YouTube.
0: It's it's like 24 hours long. long. (laughs) No, because you can make it
3: like a thing. Like someone's just like sorting pieces all crazy and then you get one and it's just like all like you just have to make the sound design good. It'll go like
5: it's
3: like the Avengers, but a puzzle. Super.
4: (laughs) super dramatic puzzle
1: (laughs) work with Robert (laughs) Jones. Podcast 82 (laughs) is all about (laughs) our video ideas.
5: It's okay. uh, If you like
1: them, thumbs up. If you you like them, thumbs up. If you like them, thumbs down.
5: (laughs) What you have to do too
3: is when you place one piece in the right place, you have to high-five like (laughs) Everybody high-five.
4: A five-way high-five.
3: Oh that would be funny to just do three scenes of things that just oh, God. are stupid, and then you we just like act qualities. like they're the coolest yeah. things in the but world, but they're in slow motion. I love it. But each I'm of the so high excited. fives that
0: you have to show the like they get the hero shot of each person that's giving the high five, like going up to them as they come up, and then the other one, and then they're coming together, and you get that like. <laughs> That'll be so fun. This, be is, this is this like, is why we have like these money <clears throat> Oh, we're gotta have yeah, lots. To we can figure out the video. We can
3: use the podcast for business stuff. It doesn't have to yeah. be all talking about our lives all the time. Yeah. We can just, you know, talk about our, our crazy ideas <laughs> in front of people.
2: <laughs> our lives are boring anyway.
3: You're right?
2: Come yeah. Cause, like
3: I was just
1: about to ask Steve what he did this weekend, and do we really care? No,
2: I do. Let's just
1: Let's talk, talk about video Steve. ideas. Well,
0: Warren, Warren, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, th- this week was good. I'm it just was, kidding, uh,
1: Steve. How was your weekend?
0: And uh, well, I'm sure, uh, and I'll let you guys get into uh, some of the other stuff that we did, because we did some stuff together this week. And, uh, but yeah, I had a great co-write with our good friend Kara Hess from uh, Washington State area, and we wrote a really, really rad song this week and that I'm very excited to keep working on and, and uh, planning on doing it as a duet, which will be our third duet that we've done in the last year, and, and uh, it's dope, and it's like uplifting and really groovy and I'm really excited for that. That's so going to be cool. And then Saturday I got to run the sound for the first time in over a year um, for not my own project that I was also playing in. And um and that <laughs> like was great, that. man. It was it was nice to be outside. We uh we had the first inaugural uh hangar 24 uh, concert series, the Music on the Runway at Hangar 24 in Irvine, California, with Hampton Productions, and uh, Robert worked it, and Warren worked it, and and everybody came out. Jeremiah Red played, and Ted Z and the Wranglers played an acoustic set, and it was Club Wagon's debut uh, concert performance as well, which was really neat to, uh, to be on the ones and twos mixing all that stuff, and going to walk around and drink some great beer, and hang with friends, and in an outdoor safe setting and everything so yeah it was great. Henry what about you?
4: Um well we got to do something fun. I got to play a lot of different guitars that I never get to play at the same time uh because we started working on a new album. Hey, I played eight different guitars Dang. and one acoustic guitar. So I played nine different guitars. For uh the session. It was really interesting. It was really fun. It was cool. What was your favorite? Did you play them? What
2: was your favorite?
4: Uh, my I, I heard two questions. My favorite was all of them. They're all really good. <laughs> That's a cop They're all really nice. Um I I don't know. It's it's like using different tools for different things. And um it was cool finding out you know, how different guitars sounded in different applications. Um, We got to borrow a really nice Gretsch Black Penguin from our friend Ian Colin. That was probably the highlight just because I'm not used to that guitar. So it was a totally different sound. And I remember when we were listening back to one of the tracks, we were like, what guitar is that? And I I was like, it's a guitar I borrowed from Ian. And everybody's like, that sounds insane. And we all heard it. Yeah.
1: We all noticed immediately
3: like, wait,
4: what's that? Yeah. What is that? That sounds insane. So, that was, that was cool. Um,
3: yeah, yeah and we all... found out he was a rockabilly guy the whole time. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, you know, next year, I'll be rocking the pompadour and the leather jacket. <laughs> i a bunch of tattoos.
1: <laughs> throw, like th- throw like
4: 30 pounds on pick you. Up, pick up smoking yeah. again. Get a yeah. motorcycle. Start
3: dating a pinup
4: girl? Start dating yeah. a pinup girl. Man, this like next year
1: is going to be great for yeah. him. It's going to be wild.
4: Yeah, yep. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy, man. Uh, I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm really happy you guys are here to, to watch my transition into rockabilly mode. It's gonna, yeah, it's, it's okay. A, it's if good. you want
3: to change your gender to rockabilly, we support you wholeheartedly. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> On that note,
4: that was your weekend. I think man. you
3: should wait before you get the surgery, though. <laughs> You should at least try it out for a year. Is, is the surgery just to like straighten the hair? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's brain surgery too. Straighten it. Brain surgery. Where you just start talking like Elvis? Uh, how you oh, doing? Thank you. Oh. Oh, <laughs> uh, My week was good. We got to. I also got to record while you guys were recording. You too? <laughs> what, bro? Were uh, you there too? It's fun for me. This is the fourth record we've done with Jeff. Yeah. I don't know. Self titled, <laughs> Take Me Higher. Yeah. <laughs> I've run Burgundy. Uh, Last Light. And then this one. Um, and so I did the opposite of what Henry did. And I think Jeff hated me for it because uh, our engineer, Jeff is also a very good and accomplished drummer, and he has like some very nice drums, and he has a whole rack full of snare drums. I think he was like, oh buddy, Andrew's coming over, and we need, we're gonna get our snare drum on, and we're gonna use so many snare drums on this record. And I've been watching a lot of stuff on um, Tom Morello, and I love hearing him talk about um, his tone and stuff like that. He's like, I set my tone in 1987 when Rage Against the Machine started. I still use the same shitty Marshall amp I had then. I drew in permanent marker where my settings were. And then I used the same guitar I did then. And I just create within those boundaries. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, made it so I've created my own sound that way. Because I have to fit into all these other things. Or I have the same, like, four pedals. And I have to create something different with all these things. (laughs) <laughs> oh, sorry, job, there's something just came through on the comments that <laughs> I would <don't> also explain. <laughs> oh man, just cannot get not rasped yeah. by Amanda. You, you can't. You can't at any point in this. You can't win.
2: No escape. Yeah. Uh, get him, Amanda. So, uh, Thank God Rachel doesn't watch. We
3: those. recorded with almost the same thing the entire. time. Time Almost the same symbols, the same snare drum for all the songs, and the same drum set for all the songs. And I think our engineer hated us because he loves it when we use a bunch of different stuff. And I did the opposite of that. I was like, let's just get what we need by using the same thing. And we did a couple cool things, which we haven't done before, which is like use tea towels like Ringo Starr did on the drums, which got a completely different sound out of it. And then we did... Um, a lot of changing of just like microphone blends and that did a lot to change the sound a lot of the time. So that was fun. Robert, what were you going to say?
1: I was going to say exactly what you just said. I was going to say you use the the same equipment the whole time, but we were able to modify that, that same equipment with the towels and everything to get different sounds on some of the recordings, which I thought was super interesting. So I want to make sure that you said that because, uh, I thought it was really cool because when I am in a different room as Andrew is. So I'm just hearing what happens in the other room and I'm only hearing it on a, on headphones. So, uh, I get to hear like, Oh, there's something different happening. Oh, I like this. Like wh- what's happening, but I don't really know. Um, so I just want to make sure you said, mention that.
3: Yeah. And I, I like the headphones and I like not being able to see everyone because I just use my ears If I ever, you know, I'm like, ooh, Henry, that guitar sounds good. I have no idea what he's playing. You know what I mean? It's just like a blind sort of test. And I can either tell if it's something I really enjoy or something we might want to try something different with. And I'm just listening to it in headphones half the time. But you can, that's where you can really tell anyways. It's like you don't have to, you know. If this is what the record is going to sound like. It's in my headphones. That's what people listen to records on, yeah. or you know, it's like you know, basic set of speakers. It's not anything crazy. So if it doesn't sound good to me in my headphones while I'm tracking, how is it supposed to sound good to other people?
0: Yeah.
3: Um. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. And uh, what Amanda reminded me of is also that I got to meet my niece for the first time. <laughs> yeah, it's the first. Grandchild in my family. It's the first time I have an uncle, and so that was fun. I got to hold her, and <clears throat> my sister's like um, runs a company, so she was very organized with her uh, meeting schedules, and she fit us in basically in this like three hour gap in the afternoon, and then uh, we had to leave <clears throat> because she had someone else coming in to you know these baby. So
2: what's the baby's very, name?
3: Uh, Sophia Rose. Oh, nice. and she probably also set me up with this thing. This is my gift. It's uh, for the people who can't see it. It's an elephant. It's like a stuffed elephant. And then it has her birthday and weight oh, and nice. time on one ear. And then it has her name on the other ear. Wow, oh, well, that's adorable. dog. Nice. So, so cute. Slowinski. So I got a niece and I got to see her. So that was cool. Nice. Congratulations. 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 Thank you. Uh, my weekend was... I didn't was, do anything.
1: So. <laughs> my, my weekend felt like it was a whole week. Uh, I wasn't here last week. I was in Florida visiting um, family, visiting the in-laws. And uh, it, was, it was great to spend some time with family uh, that we don't get to see very often. Um, but at the same time, uh, we got to go to a, a concert. We went and saw Blackberry Smoke in Florida which just happened to be 10 minutes away from my in-laws house, which is just kind of just happened to work out, you know, and uh, our our, our good buddy, Nick Perry opened up the show. um, So he, he was gracious enough to give us some comp tickets for it. And it was just a, it was a weird experience um, to be at a show again, but also it felt very comfortable and I felt like I was in my natural habitat. uh, But also it felt interesting because I haven't done it for, I haven't done it for a year. Um, but, uh, if anyone's from Florida or lives in Florida, they, they, they have shows and it was just great to go to a show and see a band that I enjoy and in, in just enjoy it. It was, um, it was great. And, and, and I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, it was like, you know, I haven't been to a show like that in a year, you know, we, we played one show, uh, in November that felt like kind of like that, but we were playing, you know, it, it's different when you get to go just experience a show. Um, and it was, it was just great to see those guys and Nick Perry. Um, I didn't get to go get too close to him because of COVID and everything and all the restrictions that they have, but uh, it was just great to see them. And then uh, I got back from Florida and then we went straight into recording, which is, which was a highlight. Um, you know, the, what I, what I'm doing is just starting now for recording. Uh, but it was always great to be, you know, there in the room with everybody. Um, and I guess this is the podcast. So I, what I'm saying is that the the biggest thing for us when we record uh, is making sure the rhythm tracking gets done because we're in that room and 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 the drums and the bass and and the you know rhythm guitars and and keys you know like that's what we're focusing on. Um, and so the the vocals start now, which is now when I have to, you know, do the work. <laughs> you said something
3: <laughs> funny to me the other day, which is. Warren was was so relieved that the tracking was done yeah yeah yeah. and um you thought that was a funny statement why did
1: you think that was a funny statement me and warren drove away from the from recording because we had another rehearsal to get to that same evening uh which in retrospect was just a terrible idea but we did it (laughs) um and warren was like yeah man it's so great to like the, the you know tracking is done and i was like (laughs) <laughs> yeah oh that's that's great for you like it's, it, it just started for me like it, it's like you know I, i'm there with you guys and i'm recording you know rhythm rhythm electric tracks uh if we need it on the song when it comes but you know it, it, we, we record vocals separately so like now it's like cool like cool, your tracking's done but now i'm i'm starting you know and it's just it's just a mental place to be in you know you have to be mentally prepared for that kind of thing um and I try not to think about it too much because I feel like if you think about it too much, then you get in a weird headspace um, of, of just overthinking everything and like getting anxiety about it. so I, I try not to do that, but um, I'm excited for the next couple of weeks to uh, really get in there and get these songs done because uh they're from rhythm tracking, they are sounding really great, and uh, I can't wait to for everyone to hear them. I'm super excited um, about what we came up with in the past couple of days that makes me feel so. So stoked on on this thing. So I had a great weekend and I got to play some music on Saturday. Um, I drank too much, but it's still okay. I I still had fun. So
2: um, I hope everyone else did. (laughs) Warren, how was your weekend? My weekend was good. I wonder if anybody could guess what I did this weekend. (laughs) It's pretty much the exact same thing that everybody else did this weekend, which was totally awesome. It was so cool to go up and track with everybody. It's like getting the uh I think I said at one point we were like grilling outside in the backyard and I was like, this almost oh. feels like tour. Like almost a little bit, hanging out, was making food, <laughs> like playing music and stuff. And uh yeah, the tracking came out amazing. Jeff is a master at it getting really clean sounds, and I gotta use three basses, so I felt like a real guitar player. And uh Yeah. Oh, and then side note, Jeff has these, he has these mics called Gefels, and we use them as room mics and they are
0: so
2: (laughs) They are so crisp and clear when somebody says something or if like something like you could hear somebody filling up water every time it would happen, I'd turn over my shoulder, even though there was a wall behind me because I felt like, whatever was happening was right in your head. And so it's a little nerdy, but like, that was one of my highlights of that thing was just having the headphones on and then hearing something and realizing it was like in a different room than you, but it sounded like it was (laughs) right by your face is crazy. So yeah. And then like Robert said, being the bass player, you know um, once I go up there and I track my parts (laughs) that that's like, that's my, you know, all I really had to, had to focus on. So, you know, although I'll be there for vocal tracking sessions and stuff, I don't really have to to step up to the plate or anything like that. So like, I felt like I went up and I contributed my thing. So when I drove away, I had that feeling of, Oh, another one in the book. And now it's time to get back to the, the drawing board of, uh, of, of uh, relearning all of our old material and getting ready to play it live and which is just like a super fun. It's exciting to know that now it's like, all right, we got that part done. Now we get to focus on how this is going to sound when we play it live. Um, obviously aside from getting everything else that the alpha music get done. So that's cool. And then, yeah, we did the hangar 24 music on the runway, which is a great event. That's going to be happening every Saturday in Irvine at Hangar 24. They have great beer and great food. And we got to play with a debut project called Club Wagon, which is fun because it's a different kind of folky vibe. And uh, yeah, uh, the whole band was hanging out and it was just good to see people and, you know, got to see fans and family. And I don't know, it almost felt like things are starting to come back. So very excited for that. March 20th, we will be there. Hangar 24. Two full sets, probably some surprise stuff. You know, get out there if you're local. Yeah. That was my weekend. It was great. And, you know, the best part about Hangar 24 is they have great beers there, which um, leads us into our next thing is what we're drinking this evening. Steve, what are you drinking this evening?
0: I am not drinking a great beer, um, unfortunately. Uh, but I am drinking a lime lacroix um, yeah it's it tastes limey and bubbly and is nice and comes in this nifty uh reflective green and blue can is that made out good. of aluminum steve it is it's uh i I and believe can- it's aluminum it could it could be some sort of composite, but mm. yeah, I do think yeah, uh there's zero sodium and uh zero calorie, so apparently. And it's zero sweetener. <laughs> and so apparently, yeah, as it says on the can, it just equals innocent.
1: So Minus whatever's in there from the uh, crazy interwebs telling you that, like, there's something in there that's weird.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, it's, uh, yeah, all, all the uh, natural flavorings, like, I mean, it probably all came from this earth. So I guess everything's natural. I could eat the can and it would be, you know, eating natural aluminum, you know, organically grown here on earth, you know. But, Yeah. I don't know. It's good. I'm probably gonna switch the vodka in a little bit, but figured I'd get a couple of these under my belt and not get too too saucy before we get into it. So Henry, what do
4: you got? I am also uh abstaining from alcohol this evening, which is a rarity for me. But I didn't do it last night, so I figured I'm on a roll. Might as well give my liver a rest. Yeah. From, you know, however long it's been of like feel like I've just been constantly drinking, so um, this is a Spindrift. I have them a lot on the podcast, raspberry lime flavor. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, it is what it is. It's got sparkling water, and it's refreshing, and it's a, you know. Great way to nice say it. I, I was going to get to that, <laughs> but. Sorry.
3: Okay. Well, what are you drinking, Andrew? Um, Sorry. I, I went with Mount Gay tonight. Yeah, you did. Ooh. Um, it's Barbados rum. I've never had it before, to be honest. Oh. I've always seen it. Oh. Obviously, like hearing the phrase Mount Gay is uh, memorable. So uh, I mixed it with the LaCroix, and it is extremely delicious. Nice. And it is... Getting into mojito season again in California, I know that because my mint plant is starting to bloom again, and so I have enough mint to start making mojitos again, and that means it's time to start drinking rum again.
2: That's very exciting. My my mom is dating a new guy, and he is all about rum drinks, and his go-to is Mount Gay. He loves that stuff.
3: It's really good, it's a uh, sweet it's like on the sweeter side, but you taste it like straight through a drink, so drinking this whatever, it's like a grapefruit lacroix in this um it just tastes like delicious dark rum. it's great, it's like a you know a no sugar mixed drink nice. um also two two comments in the uh in the chat here. We most people don't do surround sound anymore. Sorry, the question is from Michael. He says, What do you think about surround sound and records today? Most people don't have seven point one systems that aren't doing something for like a movie. And then it's really hard to mix in seven point one because you need a seven point one room to mix in seven point one. So most people don't make things for seven point one, it's kind of hard to deal with. And then uh Bob said, I will be shooting all of you at Hangar 24, which I feel like could be very misconstrued when I saw it in the chat, so I started
1: laughing. Come on, Bob. <laughs> Bob
3: shooting us. Bob is a great old friend of the band. This is, a, yeah, this is one of those, like, things that Facebook's going to flag him for or something like that. He's going to be reported. Uh, Bob is a photographer for everyone who doesn't know, so he... Uh, and he's one of our great old friends. Uh, there's <laughs> nothing to worry about, and we love getting <laughs> shot <laughs> by Bob. So, yeah, this is not something you should tell people. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's <was laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, we get what you're saying, Bob. Like, yeah, we're not you? worried about it, but maybe other people in the chat might. Think, uh, anyways, Robert. What do you drink? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that, but uh, Bob, I'm excited you're shooting
1: us on. Uh...
0: That it's is. always great to be Rather shot be by um, somebody else, I
4: guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, if anyone's going to shoot me, it, it should be Bob. Yeah. Um, He's earned it. Yeah. I. Sorry. I just I had to reset my mind a little bit. Um, I have a, uh, a docent beer because everyone doesn't realize that I would be drinking docent beer, but I have a new one. Um, it's called the, the, the Rhizome Cowboy. It's Ooh. a, um, it's an IPA and it's a, it's a, it's one they just, they just came out with. Uh, and it's, 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 if, if you've been listening to the podcast or you know anything about me, I love docent, but also I love IPAs that don't make you, you know, feel bloated or feel like you can't drink anymore.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and docent did it again. They came out with an IPA that I can drink plenty of. It's delicious. It's not overbearing uh, to your gut. And it's uh, it's delicious. It's a uh, six point six, um, and it, it's just a it's a really great beer. So uh, to docent, thank you. it's um, a good
0: Glen Campbell pun too. That's nice.
1: That's true. That's good. Um, yeah. Anyways, drinking a Rhizome Ry- Cowboy. It's an IPA by Docent and uh, it's it's delicious. And if you're in Southern California, Dosen is in San Juan Capistrano. It's uh, an amazing brewery that's been very good to Robert John the Wreck and very good to me and the rest of the boys. So if you have the time, go check it out. Um, Warren, what are you drinking?
2: Well, on a side note, I also got to try the Rhizome Cowboy on Friday uh, at our club wagon rehearsal because Robbie was nice enough to grab me a Crowler, and it was very, very good. So... Yeah, I, I agree with whatever Robert just said, you know, about the drinkability of the IPA because they're, everything there is insane. Um, love you guys at Docent. I am drinking a Pacifico. Very Classic. simple. Nice and easy. And it's funny, like after drinking, after being at Hangar 24 and drinking docent and having all this sort of stuff, And it's not like the beers are too heavy. It's like this just almost tastes like a, almost like a, like a bubbly water or something. It's like so light and crisp and refreshing. It's not even, it almost doesn't even seem like it's beer, but I always over hop myself too. I'm a, I'm a hop guy. So I blow my, my taste buds out, but you can't go wrong with Pacifico, especially in a, in a glass. I would not take it any other way. And we've also talked about that on the podcast before too, where Pacifico
1: is made for the bottle. And Modello's made for the for the can.
2: Yes, but Modelo also equally good in a bottle. Well, like, we can we can discuss. <laughs> well, it gets a little. Well, yeah, we, we can go down this trail again because I would I wouldn't really drink a Pacifico in a can. I mean, I would, but like I'd prefer it in a bottle. Whereas Modelo, I could go either way easily.
3: Can I go it. again. You can go yeah. again. <laughs> um, I had enough time to pour another one. This is really good. It's dangerously <laughs> good. Mountain Gay is like very sweet. It's almost like drinking are you, candy. Are you feeling but gay? But I, I, yeah, I'm feeling much gayer now that I'm we, drinking it. We we went through um, that whole that thing without saying anything in. like that. Um, so I have a uh, bubbly water from Soda Stream that's root beer flavored, and root beer with this stuff is like freaking dangerous. I could probably just chug this whole thing and it just tastes like I'm drinking soda. Um, I'm not going to do that cuz I respect you guys.
2: But <laughs> you're talking about the fans, it right? It is very
3: delicious. Yeah.
2: So nice. Definitely not, Henry.
3: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. What? No, speaking of Henry though. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Henry, uh,
4: give me what? Let's place the about you. let's Let's play charades while our while our, our Q guy is gone, you know? Q guy. You know?
3: Oh, I see. Oh, oh, the word. You I know what it. I mean? You know what I mean? Yep. What's, what's yeah. the word?
4: Let's try, to, let's try to figure it out this time.
3: Let's talk about you um, transitioning into a rockabilly guy a little bit. <laughs> okay, so How I'm just going to go down the <laughs> checklist, right? So have you um, found a barber? Because I it's
4: really important have, to have a barber. I have found a barber, That's number one. I, it's funny you, you bring this up because I did get my hair cut uh, two weeks ago, and I found a barber and he's awesome and he's super cool. His name is Easy. He works in Orange. Is his uh, last name E? No, um, I don't really know anything else about him actually, but he's awesome. He did a great job on my hair. He knows how to he knows how to trim a fro, and uh, and you know you know what else is is Easy is. Drinking a delicious beverage and listening to some music, and uh, today there's a little bit of a, a little bit of music history that I thought I should cover because it's because it's really important to me. Um, usually, I pick stuff that people haven't heard, but I think I think pretty much everyone in this band is pretty familiar with this. Um, today is March eighth, and it is the day that Super Unknown by Song Garden was released uh, in 1994,
5: Ooh. which
4: is also the year I was born. Um and I don't really talk about this era music a lot. I love like that early 90s rock music, all that sort of stuff. Uh just really love it, specifically the Seattle stuff and and Soundgarden and um I I bought this record on CD when I was like just starting to learn how to play guitar. Um like I was probably like 13 or 14 and my guitar teacher told me to listen to this record. Um and uh probably changed my life i would say i mean another one of those records that that really impacted the way i approach um you know riffs and and composition and things like that and as i've gotten older and been able to sort of process technically what's happening with this record it just continues to continues to blow me away honestly and i and personally i think it's one of the best rock albums of all time um it's definitely You know at the top of my personal list of of favorites and it's had a huge impact on me um and obviously you know you don't really need to say a whole lot more about chris cornell um amazing amazing singer amazing songwriter and uh the whole thing on it i mean just a great record so i wanted to listen to uh the the self-titled song from the album super unknown so let's let it rip sweet
0: Dude, so good, so good. Yeah, his fucking voice, man. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah.
4: <clears throat> so good. It's like when you think of like like people with a gift. It's like textbook, you know. Like, fuck, dude.
2: Insane. And just like just the the sound of his voice brings mm. back so many memories. Mm. Right. of Like growing up as a kid. And, like, even that track, like, I don't know. It's just, like, anything that he plays on just, like, has this, yeah, it's like a time portal, just like any other good classic artist or just mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to, like, say, like. Totally. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, especially, like, and I don't want to sound too jockey, but, like, when I was in high school, I played water polo, and I remember having to get up early and be in, like, a gym and you'd hear Chris Cornell at least three or four different times throughout mm-hmm. like that. And like hearing that thing reminds me of like those, like the smell of that, like rubbery floor and like kind of hating being awake, but being like, all right, like we're listening to like really loud rock and roll music. Right? It's just like so weird how you can throw you back to a, a just a time in your life where yeah. you're just like, well, I haven't thought about mm-hmm. that in forever.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh yeah, when I was also in the gym, <laughs> being the quarterback of the high school football team, I remember that as well.
2: Yeah. I don't want to sound too jock. I'm,
0: I'm not Dead a jock. You guys know me. Man,
2: just a,
0: Smell a ringworm and feet. It's just ugh. definitely not a marching
3: bed. band. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, it was just funny that you had to even qualify that. Like, who cares? I know. <laughs> <laughs> um no that's awesome uh i feel like it has that thing with everyone where or at least everyone from our generation a lot mm-hmm. of generations where it just transports you back to wherever you were when you first heard it or yeah you know great music does that you you, you attach it to a memory you know so yeah that's awesome
4: yeah definitely uh an iconic record of its era um yep. and just in general i think of of you know rock music in general i mean it really pushed the boundaries like they weren't they weren't i feel like when they made that record they were no longer just another seattle grunge band you know like they really like that record has so many cool influences in it and um you know harmonic choices and choices with with time and things like that um it's just insane like there's so many i I was listening to it today in the car because i saw that today was when it came out and um and just going like man like there's just I was I was gonna say like man the first like five six seven eight nine ten all the songs <laughs> on the record it's just back to back like bangers you know really and really unique stuff too you know like very 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 much their own sound which is which is kind of another testament like there's a lot of bands you can say oh it kind of sounds like this and like you can hear some of the influences and it's kind of psychedelic but it's really like its own thing. Uh, entirely specifically this record i feel like um and uh and yeah just just really impactful to me and and obviously a lot of other people too um and just the whole band was was kicking ass you know
2: yeah and i i feel like almost the same sort of thing that like uh goes for almost matt cameron's drumming Mm -hmm. it's way Mm -hmm. different because of chris cornell and just his legacy and everything yeah. he did. But man, when you hear Matt Cameron play the drums, yeah. it's like the same thing. Like just that bashing. You're just like, yeah. Oh, and it's like synonymous with that Washington sound. And like, that's another thing for me that like I pick up on immediately is like those two anytime. Just like, Oh, like such a good mm-hmm. match. I don't know. I love Matt yeah. Cameron's drumming. Oh
4: yeah. In- insane. Another like, and so identifiable by what he does. Like, like even his work with Pearl jam, you can hear it and you're like, ah, that's not Matt Cameron. And then you hear the stuff with Matt Cameron. You're like, Oh, that's definitely like the dude just has a sound on the drums, which is even crazier. You know, having your own voice on that thing too.
2: Yeah. He rules
3: the The fixer. Yeah. Brought in all those odd times. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. Like I, uh, I remember that exact thing. Figuring out Matt Cameron played for, moved over to sound or to Pearl Jam and going like, "Oh, you can just hear the influence. This Mm -hmm. record, the whole sound just changed because of uh, different members." You know, so that was really Mm -hmm. cool. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Fun fact: the bass player for Lucas Nelson, Corey McCormick, played bass for Chris Cornell. Ah. Oh, he was on uh his solo tours uh right before I think um he did the solo tours and then Soundgarden reformed to do some tours. Right. And um he did not play bass on that stuff. But um all the solo tours and stuff like that, Corey was on and you know, you know, response to when he died. So right. um, yeah, it was just uh you know Ask if you ever see Cory McCormick, ask him about his time with uh Chris Cornell, because uh he murdered that stuff. And they played Soundgarden songs and they played uh audio slave songs on that too. They did all this stuff and Cory just murdered it, so Wow. will do Very cool. Well, you know what else is cool, Henry? <laughs> what is? Robert came up with this great topic. It is because you're talking about how you, you got this record when you were really young. Yeah. I feel like we got that. So our topic tonight is what was the first record that you remember buying with your own money, like going to a record store and getting it?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And then what was your favorite record you had from that era? Ooh. Wow. I'll start. I will start, right? Um, the problem is I had older siblings, right? So most of my – I would go to record stores and I would get records, but the records I remember getting – where I stole Green Day's Dookie when I was probably like seven years old from one of my siblings. And from there, I think my first record I ever bought was probably Kerplunk by Green Day. It was the record before Dookie. And a lot of that comes from just getting music from my siblings. I would just steal their CDs all the time, and they were way older than me. So I have this musical taste that's like maybe one generation before mine. Or I was into all that 90s stuff. My sister's favorite band was the Smashing Pumpkins. And then mm. my brother was huge into punk rock and metal and stuff like that. So I have this weird, eclectic, you know, grunge, 90s thing. Because my sister is much older than my brother, too. And then my brother had this other middle thing. And then I got to experience all the 2000s with the Kings of Leons and the, that sort of generation of music as well. So I remember getting Green Day Kerplunk. And there's a story in the liner notes of that record about how someone came to a Green Day show or like their parents didn't want them to go to a Green Day show. And so she murdered her parents and like buried them in the backyard. And I remember reading that story as a kid in the liner notes of like the Green Day Kerplunk record going like, what is this? and freaking out because i was like what I- i'll have to look this up i haven't even thought about this in a long time it's funny that like we're talking about this but i remember reading these green day liner notes it's about a girl murdering and like uh, her parents and then she tried to feed them to like her dog and stuff like that and she had to deal with like burying bones and all this crazy ass shit that I probably as i think about now shouldn't have been reading as a seven-year-old but your parents can't police everything i guess so and gonna, so I'm that was guard. my first record and it had a... Uh, oh. What's on that record? Is it... Uh, I I, uh, 10,000 Light Years Away? What's that song called? Um, anyways. Oh, there's yeah. a lot of stuff mm-hmm. on Kerplunk that was good. Uh, and then one song that was on Dookie was on Kerplunk, which is... Uh, uh, Welcome to um, Paradise. Yeah. That song was recorded before it was on Dookie. And it just made yeah. it to Dookie. So. Nice. I remember stealing... That Green Day record, and then going and buying Kerplunk. Now, one of my weird uh, favorite records that I ever bought was after I got into punk rock, um, I found uh, compilation CDs. And I think everyone remembers like getting weird compilation CDs. And yeah. in my mind, I was like, do I want to pay whatever, 14 bucks or whatever? CDs were 14 bucks back then. Holy shit, like in today's money that would be like you know 25 bucks or something stupid like that um anyways i remember that they had a compilation punk rock record called board generation b-o-r-e-d generation but the title had to do with like skateboarding and snowboarding which was all huge in that era it was a compilation of a bunch of punk rock bands and i was Always super excited because I think Punkarama, which was like the big epitaph sampler at that point, had already come out. And I was like, you go through these things in your head because records are so expensive. Do I want to spend this amount of money and get one band yeah. with all probably like the, the two songs I like and then nine songs i'm gonna hate on this record or do i get the sampler cd that has like all these bands and maybe the song is good or maybe the song's not good but like i have like a lot more of a mix and i remember sampler records uh being way more of a value in my mind at that age you know what i mean oh i get like 10 bands or 12 bands on this record so i'm gonna get this record because i know like you know four or five of the bands on here already. And then I get to figure out about these other things. So I think I had like no effects and Pennywise and all these sort of punk rock bands from that era on that record. And I just remember that record being one of my favorites. Cause it was so weird. Like everyone had punk aroma. Everyone had a lot of like these records from that era, but I don't remember ever seeing it again. And I will look it up while someone else is talking uh, <laughs> about their favorite stuff. So I can um, remember more of what was on it but who's next I'll go um so
4: so actually I I'm not sure if it was actually super unknown or um the the other record or or cd rather around that time that I bought was Van Halen's third album women and children first and uh, I got both of those super unknown and um Van Halen on cd at the same around the same time um, I went to LA with, with my dad for something and we went to Amoeba records and I, and I got those two, uh, CDs. Um, <clears throat> and those are probably, you know, I, I, they're obviously different errors and stuff, but I sort of lumped those two things in together, um, as far as listening to them at the same time. Um, and then, and then additionally, something I thought of, um, was, uh, as far as like actual vinyl records, um, my, when I started getting into guitar, um, I, I lived most of the time with my stepdad and my mom. And my stepdad is an electrical engineer. Um, and, and he picked up like this sort of audiophile, ha- uh, a hobby. So he would work on old receivers and turntables and stuff like that. Cause he knew what he was doing. He knew all the, all the the circuits worked. um, so for my, I believe it was my 16th birthday, he actually gave me like a turntable and um, stereo receiver and speaker setup that he had just refurbished. Like some, I don't know where he got it, but it was basically just old stuff that that was around um, from the 80s or whatever that he he went in and like soldered everything and fixed it and was like, here you go, here's your birthday present. And then... He had already collected a lot of vinyl, so he told me I could pick uh, any ten records I wanted out of his collection. Nice, um, which was which was pretty That's awesome. Epic. Yeah. <coughs> so naturally, I went for all the records that he didn't want me to pick, that were like <laughs> you know, <laughs> like an original pressing of Led Zeppelin II, and um, there's a there's the controversial co- controversial uh, Jimi Hendrix cover. That has a bunch of naked women on it. Um, Of Red. his album Electric Ladyland, that was only printed in the UK. <coughs> and, uh, I think they made they, it was a repress of that record. So I got that. Um, Another one was was Blood on the Tracks by Bob Dylan. Um, Harvest by Neil Young. Uh, nice. Tom Petty's first record. BB um, King live at the Regal, the first Van Halen album, and then I think Rush Moving Pictures those are what i can remember at least and i think that i think that's i don't know how many records that was but those are what i can remember off the top of my head right now but that was that was a pretty pretty big deal for me like that was when i you know i just thought of vinyl as like this cool thing we had around the house and then all of a sudden my stepdad's like nope you can keep these like so now i'm like i have that to thank for my you know checking discogs and and um going to parker's shop cream tangerine all the time and checking stuff out and always, always trying to find records of stuff and always getting turned on to new stuff and going like, Oh, can I get this on vinyl? And that, that totally spurred my obsession for that. Um, which was really cool. Anyways, nice. who wants to go
2: next? That's such an awesome gift.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was probably one of the coolest, if not the coolest birthday gift I've ever gotten.
0: I'll, I'll go next. My, yeah,
4: go so, ahead, dude.
0: like, I'm, uh, I've got a weird history with, with music. Um, and especially, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. But the, um, <laughs> uh, I think it it was either uh, Weird Al Yankovic's Bad Hair Day. <laughs> the, the first one that I bought with my own money uh, was either Weird Al Yankovic's Bad Hair Day or Backstreet Boys Millennium. It was junior high for me. And I remember that the, uh, I got in trouble because the, with my folks, because the Bad Hair Day stuff had some like questionable lyrics in it, even though they were parody and stuff. And I wasn't allowed to listen to that around my younger siblings. I'm also the oldest <laughs> in, in my family. so <clears throat> was, uh, And my, my dad is an incredible musician. Um, and Amish he's, Paradise. What's that?
1: Amish Paradise was on that record, right? Yep.
0: Yeah, it was, it was Amish Paradise. And uh, shit, what was the other ones on that one? It was Amish Paradise, uh, uh, Gump. It was nice. Uh, yeah. Was it, was it fat? Like, uh, to the bad? No, the night was Santa the went right crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, But yeah, there, there, there was those ones. And then like the, uh, Backstreet Boys millennium was, um, uh, like larger than life. I want it that way. Uh, show me the meaning of being lonely and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, I think those were the first ones that I bought with my own money. And the one that I found, I found an unopened copy of of Def Leppard's hysteria that my dad got my my dad's an incredible musician um and and, and a cor- he's an accordion player and uh so he's I grew up like he was always listening to like German polkas and and more international music and my mom listened to mainly like uh hymns and harp and piano music and stuff at that time I mean she had you know three young kids and that would always kind of quiet us down in the car and stuff. And I was always hanging around my my younger siblings and stuff. So I didn't really get into much um, of like 70s or 80s rock until really when I started playing with Robert and Andrew. I was like, oh yeah, it's just this thing. I'm like, what's that? I've never heard the Allman Brothers before. Like I've heard this one song or whatever. Like I never heard, didn't really hear Led Zeppelin like until I was like 26, you know? So this is all like super super new to me, this the the style that we play in and stuff. But yeah, those records were fun, man. The Backstreet Boys record was uh I definitely wore that thing and like <laughs> anyway, who's next?
1: Well, I mean, uh I, I, I bought a couple tapes uh with my own money. Um this weird thing going on with my parents uh when I was growing up from a young age to a uh, uh being a young adult is if uh, went to the, 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 the Christian bookstore, then whatever, whatever record I wanted to get, they would pay for. So I was getting, you know, like the DC talks and the OC supertones and, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, whatever whatever Christian fans were reliant. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like shit (laughs) like that. And so for the, for the first times that I got to spend my own money on records, um, was not at the Christian bookstore. I'll tell you that much. Um, but like, you know, like the first tape I got was Dookie by green day. Like Andrew was saying, um, that's the first tape that I was able to, to buy. Um, I, don't, I don't even know where I bought. it. I probably bought it at Walmart or something. Um, but the first CD that I got to buy, I went to borders bookstore by myself with like, you know, that $20 bill that was probably for <laughs> food or something um and i i got to buy i i bought the deep purple greatest hits nice uh that was the first cd i ever bought with my own money and uh i bought it because i knew smoke on the water but i i, I knew nothing else i i didn't know anything about deep purple i was just like well i should buy something and uh you know H- highway star was the first the first song on that record and it just changed changed my life for the for the better i think um as far as like understanding what like rock and roll was. Cause you know, I mean, I'm, I'm the generation of LimeWire and Kazaa and Morpheus. You know, I, I was, I was after Napster, but um, that kind of shit. So I, I, I was downloading shit, but um, I bought Deep Purple's Greatest Hits. That's my first CD that I ever bought. And uh, kind of what shaped me for the future. <laughs> So it, it was it was either Deep Purple or Green Day when I was growing up, and it's 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 there's a a large gap in in what those genres are and and uh, but and then I spent the rest of the time filling up that the in the in, the in between the in between what Green Day and Deep Purple was that's where I am now. So, anyways, Deep Purple was my first CD I ever bought with my own money.
2: That's funny. I would have never guessed you being a, a Deep Purple guy as your first CD. That's weird. Um, it's tough for me to say. I mean, I feel like we maybe had talked about this once before <clears throat> on the podcast and I feel like I should have remembered this because it's such like a prolific moment, but there's one thing that I, I realized when we were talking about this is um, my dad was one of those guys who was like a CD collector and uh, he, he had a really wide variety of tastes. So I remember being a kid and he had like retrofitted a closet that you'd put like brooms in to be a a CD closet. And he was one of those guys who had alphabetical drawers and drawers and drawers of CDs. Um, And it's hard for me to remember if I was stealing a lot from him or when I got really my first one. Um, But I can tell you the, definitely the place I bought it was sound spectrum in Laguna. I remember going in there as a little kid And um, you park in the back of the CD store and then you walk around the front. I remember that whole experience, but man, what the first CD probably had to be something like, like self-titled sublime or maybe nevermind by Nirvana. Um, Maybe rage against the machine or something like one of those. It's hard for me to like, remember. Um, I'd probably say my favorite CD of that era and still like a CD that I'm just, I love is that self-titled sublime CD. i probably listened to that more than anything ever. Um, I mean, and not to say again, like I love rage against the machine. I love Nirvana and I listen to the shit out of them, but I feel like every now and then I still find myself throwing on that self-titled sublime. And I should go back and revisit some of the old other, nirvana and and who doesn't get tired of rage fuck so good um but yeah it was i i lived in a like my dad was very musical i was definitely not of like a a a christian or religious family at all and i feel like half the time if we would go get cds they would end up just getting passed around everybody and like andrew said like you would i would be influenced by my older sisters who were listening to like hip-hop i remember like the chronic coming out. And that was like a huge, I remember kids would come over to my house because my parents weren't very religious and we could listen to like Dr. Drain and (laughs) M and, uh, and I think there's probably times where I was walking around saying stuff that I heard on albums way too young and I shouldn't have been saying that sort of stuff. But, yeah, it's hard. It's like all that sort of stuff was a conglomeration, but I know that it was all very, we were of a very musical family. So it was kind of like, like many things, we passed around CDs. Um, but yeah, definitely.
1: That was one of my biggest pastimes in junior high. It was uh, everyone brought their CD books and you would trade CDs so you could go rip them on your computer and you yeah. get them back to the person and then, you, you know, you, you just trade all your CDs. So hey, I have this rage, I have this rage CD, and you have this midtown, you know, CD. Let's trade, and then we'll bring it back the next day. Is that what you did too?
3: Midtown. <laughs> midtown. <laughs> I
2: haven't heard that name in a long time. What what about how about this? Do you guys remember in the days of like CDs going to like a Best Buy or a Circuit City, rest in peace, and picking out a CD player that had like it was like you had to get the three disc oh, changer yeah. that like Six had a button changer. that like maybe had yeah. cool lights on the front yeah. and like all the Iowa systems to, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was like <laughs> the stereos were so ridiculous. Those little cheapy like
0: this one's got the bass enhancer. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's
0: all about the skip protection
2: uh, for Walkman. Hell yeah, it was oh, yeah. definitely skip protection. I'm glad. Ten I, seconds I, or more. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I'm thirty. I'm old enough to say that I actually did bring CDs to high school too. I remember f- freshman year and maybe sophomore year. I remember bringing a Walkman, having CDs and like asking the teachers if you could put them out and switching them and stuff. And yeah. then and then somewhere throughout that the iPod came out and it was CDs slowly started to be replaced with iPods. I remember but.
0: my my first car, like the or the it wasn't my. F- it it was my first car like like non communal you know vehicle and stuff with my family but um i had a volvo v70 hatchback that i took down to college with me and uh at 17 and it had a a, a 5 cd changer that was in the back so like yeah. you, couldn't, you <laughs> couldn't even like you know, just like pop them out. You had to like load the cartridge and like yeah. it was like oh, yeah. refill the magazine and toss <laughs> it in the back and it was over by the wheel well and stuff and and I oh shit man we just used to load that shit up with so many like like MP3 CDs where you could get like oh, 120 man. different songs on there and like just take Damn. all the shit that you ripped from. uh yeah. From Kazaa Kaza and and, uh, and LimeWire and everything. And it's like, oh, here's this person. I remember my roommate in college made me a, uh, uh, it was like a get out of Dodge playlist where it was literally, because we grew up in, in uh, the Bay Area together. So it was like perfectly timed out that if you left Orange County and got back up to the San Francisco Bay Area, it was perfectly like four hours and 30 minutes worth of music on that playlist (laughs) and it was like all this shit that i've never listened to and he was like dude your history with music so weird like listen to this shit and have like everything from dave matthews to presidents of the united states of america on it and like everything in between man it was really fun yeah Yeah. and that's a weird time
1: too because i i definitely know that 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 steve andrew were in that same boat but i remember my first portable music thing was a was a walkman with tapes yeah, and I had I had to go buy tapes, and that's why I had Dookie on tape. That's why I had In Sync on tape, like like all those weird. Things. All the intros then, were cut
0: off because you're recording them off yeah. the radio and stuff. And then, and yeah,
1: and then but then it switched over to CDs so quickly. So then we had the CD walkmans, and then it switched over to you know thirty second skip protection so quickly, and then it turned over to MP3s so quickly. Like that, like the, the, the amount of time between when I bought like a a, a tape player to when I got an iPod it's like was three like 3 years was like yeah. 3 years and I had I had eight different devices to to listen to music because it was like it was the it was the tape player the CD player the CD player with more protection the CD player that could do MP3s and then the iPod like all within like 3 <laughs> yeah. years yeah and it was it was a crazy period of time because it was also the period of time where like downloading music on the internet was like crazy and we could do that easily. Like you, you put it on your, you put it on your computer and then you go to sleep and then you wake up with like 12 songs. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, but that period of time was, was pretty interesting compared to now where we have Spotify and Apple music. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure like our friends that are 50 years old, they're like, Hey, I remember when you couldn't listen to music or something like that. But um, it's a, it's a trip to think about the past in that, in that, in that area, because, we literally remember the fact of getting tapes and getting CDs and then realizing, oh, MP3s are a thing and My, like all that stuff. Just having so to,
0: having to plan all of that, yeah. like in advance and like, take the time to like, you know, okay, like I'm going to take this CD and then I'm going to dub it on this one, but you got to go buy the like CD yeah. rewritable shit and everything, <laughs> and, you know, CDRWs yeah. and the CDRWs. Crazy, and then
1: do, do, do you guys ever make the labels? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where you to so I mean, yeah, and then you had the, old, the CD stompers. So I, yep. like, I made all my, like, mixed CDs, you know, with, like, all the different songs.
0: And, yeah, those
1: are the days, man. Yeah. Now I don't care about music anymore.
0: Well, and then and then that's all that you had, too. It was like, all right, well, I'm just sick of, ah, shit, I forgot that one back, you know, back at home. Yeah. I guess I'm just going to have to listen to the CD over and over yeah. and over again.
1: I just like I, I I wish I could put forth more effort to yeah how much effort I it took me to like get like the Boston record yeah. on a CD like I had to wait like twelve hours for it to download then make the label and everything and now you just listen to it if you want to yeah I mean, it, just, it took so much more effort yeah. to get these things and listen to them like than it does now it's it's just a it's just a weird different
0: well and I remember riding like my that. bike over to Tower Records in Palo Alto and just like going and listening to stuff like seeing what they had on the little sample stations of what was new and stuff and i'm like ah, i can't afford it so i'm just gonna come listen to it here you know or it's like hey here's this one mixtape that my babysitter made me you know that's got like indigo girls on it and i'm like oh that song's really cool let me check out their other stuff i'm like well i kind of just like that one song i'm not gonna buy that record hey steve a baby
3: babysitter
0: do you know what an eight track tape is <laughs> Yeah, I never I never had 8 tracks like I, growing up. I'm not that old.
4: I have to say this, uh my my parents got I don't I don't remember where they got this, but um they had this they had this fireplace thing. It was like a fake fireplace with like a bar that had like two drawers on the top of it. And one of them was like a bar thing with like glasses and like this old rotating thing that you could like put glasses in and the other thing was what had an eight track player in it nice so i was around eight tracks all the time like uh i don't know I, i would have been like 12 to like you know i guess like my my parents moved away when i was like 18 so like 12 to like 18 always like and they and they got a collection of eight tracks like we had like led zeppelin and like all this other stuff that they they just like bought eight tracks for on a whim just so they could plug it into that that compartment in their fake fireplace thing. Cause um, they're really into like old tacky, you know, cool vintage houseware stuff and like buying stuff uh, at thrift stores and things like, that. like my mom was like super into it. So there's all, she has all this like vintage stuff and that was one of the things they picked up. So yes, I do know what an eight track tape is.
2: I <laughs> will <laughs> admit I've never ever used an eight track I've seen one before. Yeah, I've never, ever, ever used one.
0: I don't know that I've seen an actual player like in in person, mm-hmm. but I've definitely seen a lot of eight track tapes in person. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh, well, that's rad. I just don't know what the other end of that is.
4: Yeah,
1: it's <laughs> it's, it's it's pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like well, the same thing. Like I've, I've seen like Atari
5: mm-hmm.
1: car- cartridges, but I've never actually played an Atari. Yeah, <laughs> so I know they're real, and I know that there's things for it, because I see them at garage sales and weird things all the time. But I've never actually played one. Kind of the same thing with an a track. Like I know the I know they're
3: a thing, but I've never.
0: Kind of like a car without seatbelts, and uh, yeah. Sure.
3: Michael in the chat, I feel like you're Michael making Wayne these up. I don't, the eight tracks never existed. They're like dinosaur books. They're just placed there by the devil to get in our heads about what happened in our past, okay? We're Eight track tapes aren't real. You know it. Humans <laughs> wrote on dinosaurs that shot lasers from their eyes, okay? Oh, if, if you oh, don't know that, really you have to write down
0: the thing. The thing, yeah. It's the thing, dude. <laughs> it's science. <laughs> Yeah, Michael agrees with us here. Science! Science! <laughs> science! I love science. Now we're just taking. The, yeah, yeah. The thing was friggin' awesome. Now, now we're taking
5: everything. Uh, the right. thing was amazing.
2: <laughs> we probably talked about that on a podcast. Oh, you know? we definitely yeah. talked about that on yeah, podcast. a
5: podcast.
3: Yeah, do. Go listen to all our podcasts to find the one where we talked about the thing. Steve's probably looking right now, to be honest. I am, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, Thing. Vinyl just won the cool medium. It was episode war. twenty-five you know what I mean? like, or uh, a
0: Life from Austin episode.
3: It, it, it is the ultimate cool,
4: um, cool kid club thing to have the vinyl and a record player. All, it's it's definitely won the cool medium. Yeah. I, mean, I music
1: on. I only buy music on on vinyl now, right? But I'm also buying the music that was put out in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't bought like a new vinyl, like like a the newest vinyl I bought in was Ray the Montaigne, I think, and that was okay. released in like 2012. And I yeah, only bought true. it because I really want it, you know. Like yeah. so, I'm I'm buying like a lot of like stuff that has been out forever. Like I'm not mm-hmm. buying new stuff. Yep. On vinyl because you you hear these things like you're playing for us and then you're like wow well let's see if that's there. We got to.
0: I was stoked to find this, uh, you know, very vintage Professor Columbo record. Oh
1: my record. god,
4: dude! Yeah. yeah, I totally. We totally don't have several boxes of hundreds <laughs> of it sitting around somewhere that we never sold because the band broke up.
0: I love that record, man. That's a fun record. Oh, it's a good record. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, it's, it a, on good cool. one. it's yeah.
4: a good one. Definitely good not one for the last ten
0: years. It's, it What's just that? goes. It goes way back. It just harkens yeah. harkens back to the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Final just wins because it's the most experience that like forces you to actually listen to music. Yep. It's like tactile and then go ahead. No, I I was just, uh,
1: sorry, just, just a random thought, uh, which I thought is, was part of actually probably the coolest part of my weekend. Um, and I know this is not during the, that portion, but, um, one of the the coolest parts of my weekend was that we were at the recording studio in Burbank, which is Jeff Frickman's house. And uh, we were all tired and uh, I was about to leave and Andrew said, Hey, let's go listen to some music on really good speakers. And I was like, okay, like, yeah, let's go do this. Uh, but what I got out of it was so amazing um, because we, we were at Jeff Frickman's house um, who's our producer and he has these speakers, which you guys can talk about. Cause I have no idea uh what oh look them up. why they're so crazy, but they are, yeah. and uh we walked into that room and we each picked a song to listen to from start to finish um,
0: on youtube, no less on, like, yeah, like yeah not just, even just on the internet, not even going going with with like hey, let's plug in a vinyl and listen to it. It's like just right you've listened to it a hundred times on YouTube, pick a tune that you want to hear just on different reference bonds, yeah
1: and and it was it was literally one of the most amazing things that happened this weekend for me uh, yeah, i enjoyed yeah. i enjoyed greatly hearing like just like sitting and listening to one track all the way through that someone picks and uh each of us in the band did it and all the songs were so different and and each song had its own um you know
0: well, completely different production styles, <laughs> I, completely I mean, different decades. Words, like, but, uh, yeah, I, I can't. It was, it was. Speechless. We we listened to yeah. everything from like Radiohead to Deodato to like Mr. Holland's Opus to you know, uh, and, yeah. and 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 and, really and cool. to Frank Zappa, a, man, and like just listening to it on those those monitors in a tuned room, you know, was just it was completely insane like the the fidelity even just off of youtube and the mm-hmm. amount of space and like it's 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 like the difference between watching a like a movie on your cell phone or going into like an imax theater and all of a sudden yeah. it just surrounds you and there's this yeah it's literally that, and, that different yeah it yeah. just just yeah. takes over your entire brain like oh my god it was incredible you yeah, I mean, so,
4: feel it in your body yeah I picked songs I've listened to hundreds of times, you know, driving around in my car or, or sitting at home or whatever. And it was just like crazy to hear all of the,
0: everything. Yeah. You know,
4: represented, oh, we, you know, we, uh, we listened
0: represented. to uh, D'Angelo's Untitled. Yeah. And I have never heard the actual lyrics to that song just from the recording without like looking at the liner notes or something. Or looking at the lyrics while I'm listening to it, like just the mm-hmm. clarity uh, in that room and, and on Jeff's speakers was just absolutely insane, man.
3: Yeah, and, and oh, I, Bruce, I, thought, I wanted to play the guessing game. You screwed me. Sorry, I thought, go the, ahead. The, I thought,
0: I thought <laughs> the coolest part was was you heard you
1: heard a little bit of what everyone in in this band has, mm-hmm. like 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 the songs that we played. you can there are hear definitely things what, that influence what, us. Yeah, what, what, where influences are coming from. And uh, after hearing all the all the tracks that we played, including Jeff, I mean Jeff's track was really cool too. Yeah, uh, you could kind of like tell, like cool, like if you meshed all those sounds together and all those songs together, that's pretty much what we do. Um, <laughs> in, in in a weird thing, other than Warrens, because Warren played Pring Zappa, and I never, I still don't understand it. But um, <laughs> everyone else, awesome, by the way, tracks was awesome. uh, made made total sense. Like it's just like. It, it was one of the coolest things about this weekend is just going in there and, like, listen, like, but but taking the time to listen
5: mm-hmm. to yeah.
1: those tracks, which which I feel like I don't do at all, uh, which was really cool. So that, that's all I wanted to say.
3: Yeah, invest money in the speaker system, everyone. I was watching <laughs> um, just a TV show on my computer. I have a computer set up with speakers, like, I, where I listen to uh, uh, mixes and stuff like that, and they're not even there. Speakers, like a three hundred dollar pair of Presonus speakers or something. I just got them to check stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, and I was watching a movie, going, "Oh my god, a good pair of speakers makes all the difference in the world." Yeah. Do not buy a sound bar. Do not buy. No, uh, the sound
0: bars are shit. They're anything, cheap, and convenient,
3: but yeah. Do not buy anything that TV people sell you. Buy stuff that pro audio people uh, make. Because the cheap pro audio stuff is ten times better than the expensive bows
5: mm-hmm. or the
3: other kind of stuff. And the expensive audio stuff will make you feel like you're in the fucking room. Yeah. <laughs> it is crazy. Uh, after you guys left, we listened to a Damien Rice song.
0: Oh, my God. Which I know Robert's a big dude. fan of.
3: And he is... What's he right? probably as some of the best mixes ever. Uh, my favorite faded fantasy, which is one of the newer ones. but um, it, he just has such dynamic range in his songs and listening to it on those speakers go from like him playing with the guitar to when the drums come in to when yeah. at the end of the song like where it's bombastic and crazy. It just has so much going for it, and I remember Jeff afterwards was like, "Whoa, yeah. <laughs> I've never heard anything <laughs> like that before." And I'm yeah. like, "Yeah, dude, like that's you know that's what's in my brain half the time with some of these moments that we're talking about. You know, it's hard what to is- express." Go ahead. Oh, I felt that
1: when you when you played that uh, Radiohead track because I'm everyone knows I'm not a Radiohead fan. I I, I don't get it. Um, but, but after that,
0: but you started to, is this, is
4: this news to everyone here? Yeah.
1: This is like a normal,
2: this is like a normal thing. Probably could have guessed Um, you weren't a Radiohead fan. Oh yeah. Why? Um, because you are who you are.
1: Um, but when Andrew played that track and we listened to it straight and you heard all the different components of it, you're like, I was like, Whoa, like that track is nuts. And I've heard that track before, so I never gave it the time of day because I just got I just got annoyed by it. I was just like, what he what is he doing?
0: Right? Well yeah, you know? and and you don't and have I... you don't have the clarity, man. Like when, when you're yeah, listening to but on... like when I
1: when I heard Andrew play it like the other night and I was just like
0: yeah. oh I've heard, I've heard that song a thousand times and I have never heard it like that though. I was, I was like, that was, that was so, so impressive, man. Like, and it was, it
2: was amazing.
0: I feel like that's a
3: weird thing too, where you just understand. I don't know that I've ever heard it like that either, but that's what I have in my head when I think of listening to that song, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I know that song sounds like that because you have these huge impact moments but you have mm-hmm. to like listen to it yeah and it no one gives music that time of day when they first listen to something you know what i mean it's like oh, i'm gonna sit down and listen to yeah. this record and give it my full attention it has to impress you first yeah so if yeah. it doesn't catch you then you don't get it then you don't fall in love with it so, so yeah. be it this is like how everyone listens to music but all right, I always knew that that's what was on those records. Yeah, these huge impact moments. It was awesome. And when you know that, like, you go, "Oh, put that on the big speakers," and then, like, yeah. you'll see what this really is. And uh, I thought that about hearing the Nathaniel song too. We listened to a Nathaniel Rateliff yeah. song. Yeah, yep. And like I, I, had, like, I heard
1: things out of that that I didn't even know that were there either. I just, I just like, I just like the track. But you know, you, you hear it on those speakers, and you're just like blown away. By by what's
2: actually there. Was awesome. Yeah, same to so that Zappa song I've listened to a hundred times. And that album, I picked a live album and it had relatively low fidelity, but that live album I knew that they had done overdubs in the studio, and I felt like I was like up. I can hear the overdubs like I can (laughs) hear the difference between what was like actually recorded live and I was like oh that that guitar solo was probably done in the studio it was like super clear it was like and again I've never really heard it like that I mean a lot of people listen to music in their car on cheap headphones you know less than a 100 bucks and it's like you don't get that sort of and it, and it's a it's a shame because there's a lot of people who are very good engineers who put a lot of time into getting these awesome sounds, and it's sad to know that a lot of that is going under the wayside because of the way we listen to music, whether it's just right out of the speakers of your phone or on the laptop, and not giving it the time of day. So even if you don't have the chance of you know buying multi-thousand-dollar speakers try to find a set of speakers that's decently better than what you're normally used to doesn't have to be again be exuberant amount of money but sit down and just re-listen to some of that stuff and
0: it's kind of fun even just listening without distraction man because i feel like we're yeah. you know ev- everybody is just on the go and And we toss music on just to, you know, help create an atmosphere or to embellish the atmosphere that's going, you know, but like really sitting and just, it's almost like meditation, man, where you just sit in a room and you're just like, Hey, like the next five minutes, I'm just tuning into this. I'm not looking at my phone. I'm not trying to carry on a conversation. Please. Nobody fucking talk. Like, I want to fucking listen to this shit. Which is, you know, like, which is tough, I mean, in
1: in this age, you know, and especially when it's, when it's not something
0: that you already know and are familiar with, Yeah, you know, but that's, yeah, I think that was, that was really cool to, to just, especially with you guys, man, that are so, you know, my, my best friends on the whole fucking planet, you know, to sit there and just listen to what you guys, you know, has, if. Cause we went through and we were just like, Hey, just pick one song, like no fucking pressure, you know, yeah. just pick one song that you want to hear on this. Like, and so I feel like people went to like the things that they're like, Oh shit, I haven't heard this song. I love this song. Like that's like a piece of each of us. That's been an influence. So that was, that was really fun. Man. That was really special. Yeah. And,
1: and your, your, the track you played really hit me like that, that Dio Dotto, like Oh yeah. Yeah. I was just I, I've already looked it up twice, and like I looked it up on vinyl. And I'm like ready.
0: And we talked to a, more about that. We we had a Deodato on. Uh, a no couple, offense, Warren. A couple weeks ago, right? On I'm pretty the, sure the history lesson on the right? on yeah. Henry's history lesson. Yeah, yeah. Which we did, Henry. You got
3: to chime in here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> we did have the Deodato on the
4: Henry's history lesson.
0: Yeah,
4: and uh, if you would like to hear more of that stuff. There is the Henry's History Lesson playlist, which also now features the song from this week and uh, the song from All Weeks Past. And Warren, what
2: do we got going on this week? We have an event. We have a live stream coming up this Thursday brought to you by Jam Sellers. Um, We're going to be going live from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, i don't know what that is in other time zones, so do your homework and figure out what that is <laughs> um, four to five Pacific Standard Time doing a live stream uh which we're excited about and then uh next week the twentieth we are playing at hangar twenty four yeah, very excited for that one too and uh
1: and we have new music on the way, so we do keep your ears open and your eyes shut. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, that didn't work.
0: Nope. Keep, uh, keep your know. eyes and ears open. You can follow us online. Uh, sign up for our email list if you haven't already at com, and uh, check us out on Instagram at Robert John and the Rec if you aren't already. And uh, thank you guys so much. We're going to close out tonight with uh, uh, this Dayo Dotto tune, um, also Sprock Zarathustra, that was uh, the theme from the 2001 Space Odyssey movie. That got funkified uh, from this brilliant, brilliant man. And uh, so we hope you enjoy. Be good to each other, everybody, out there. And get rich. Thanks, everybody. Peace.